What's good, everyone? Welcome back to My First Kicks. This is episode 133, and this week I welcome Chris Rodriguez to the podcast. He is part owner of Syndicate out in L.A. He also has a podcast called The Store Credit Pod. I don't know if you've seen that around, but definitely cool to get him on the podcast. So shout out to Arion for hooking this up, because after his episode, you know, Chris show support so i just i i've been i hit up chris on tiktok like a while ago to try to get this together myself so i had to ask for the oop and just a bit it was a fun episode uh recorded this and immediately after was just hyped because chris is super motivational and like learning about the starting of just his career onto where he is now is just is super inspirational and i mean after this episode you'll understand what i'm saying but he's gonna keep going and it was just very cool i can't wait to be out in la to actually visit the store and say what up to him physically hopefully i'll do that in november so you know just shout out to everybody who's listened so far 133 episodes and you on to where you can find Chris. You can find him on all social medias as C R S R D R G U E Z. Uh, follow his and listen to his podcast, Store Credit Pod. Um, and check out Syndicate whenever you're in LA or if you are in LA or LA, LA listener, uh, hit it up. It's in Chinatown, he said. And they always doing like really cool stuff to to make sure that there's a community around the store. And I I love that because we don't really get a lot of that. I mean, I talk about District One a little bit on here and he also worked for District One and District One's really cool. Shout out to Frozen for Frozen for for taking me there one day and seeing what it's like down there. I mean, it's a madhouse going to a. like. I'm so used to going to empty resale stores and that one was packed. It was line a line out the door. And I mean, they also do those steals every week. So, I mean, it's just interesting, like stores that actually try to build community with giving steals, with doing cool, like activations on the Internet and social media. Like it, it's a it hits different, but it's not to me. It's not a sneaker store. So it's you get a little bit, it's like you give and you get a little bit, but it's just this build, just being able to build a community around it is just really dope because I like to build communities, like uh, building a community around this podcast. So shout out to everyone who hits up those stores and shout out to if you are a listener that goes to syndicate, shout out to you. Definitely cop their merch. It's always fire. And you know where to find me. I am who is hot on all social medias. Check out the podcast on social media is at my first kicks pod and if you're on youtube it's my first kicks if you're on tiktok it's my first kicks and if you have a my first kick story hit me up my first kicks pod at gmail.com if you have any suggestion for guests you want to hear in this interview format send that to the email as well or to the dms i am always reading, watching, and listening from afar. So on to this week's guest, Chris Rodriguez. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. What's up, man? How are you doing? Nah, man, yo, it's a it's an honor having you on, you know, like I've been following you for a while. I mean, since Syndicate started going crazy on uh, on IG and then you started making you made your own separate, you know, page. Yeah. I was like, I got to follow you and uh, you be you be giving away some steals, man. I'm like uh, like some heat, some crazy heat just for steals, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's uh, the community bought in. So it's like, it's not just us, it's the community too, you know, I think it's an extension of how like the clientele, even just the good friends that we've made throughout the store. Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially, they trust us with what we're doing. And then when they see it posted, like, oh shit, they didn't mark it up 40, 50%. They fucking only marked it up 20%, 15%, something Mm -hmm. small, you know? 
but yeah, it's a shout out to the community. It's, it's not just us, you know? No. Yeah. Facts, facts. And for people who aren't familiar with you, how about you introduce yourself? All right. Well, I'm Chris. I'm part owner, part owner of Syndicate Los Angeles. You can find us in Chinatown, 969 North Hill Street. My personal Instagram is C-R-S-R-D-R-G-U-E-Z. It's just Christian Rodriguez, abbreviated as small as it can get mm-hmm. and on Instagram. Um, and I'm just, uh, I would say, a normal sneakerhead, you know, trying to continue pushing the culture forward. No, yeah, I mean, big, big facts. You know, I think you guys do 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 something that's not like being like a pariah in the in the culture, which is which is a lot of these other, you know, uh, resale shops. I mean, I don't want to name any, but I know there's some that's by me that just be like, oh, they're just buy, trying to make money right here and, and not even try to have like a conversation about sneakers when I'm in the store. So, yeah. No, yeah, I think I treat our uh, that we have the the museum hat, which is our, one of our logos. And I feel like the Syndicate Museum is like you come into the store and there's shoes are like art history. Every shoe has a story to tell. Well, most of them, I would say mm-hmm. there's something Nike just puts out that they don't care. <laughs> but there, everything has a story to tell, I would say. And then even like the stuff that we have hanging up on the walls, um, the case, like everything there was like hand essentially just like hand put there just like all right this is gonna go here because of this this is gonna go there because of that so i feel like i want people to come in and feel appreciated about a culture that they love you know because some stores don't make you feel appreciated and i think that's that's our number one goal there yeah i mean yo i love it love it uh but you're here to answer the question that i ask every guest every week and that is what's your first kicks what's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have I think the first one was, it was funny. Like I already had Jordans, but it was just like through basketball. It mm-hmm. wasn't nothing like, oh, I'm into like streetwear. I'm into, you know, sneaker collecting. I just would play basketball and I would have at that point, like Hurachis, uh, Jordans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would keep up with Riff Los Angeles and they would always post that steals. And I think that's where like how we continue doing that for syndicate. But um, going back to that, it's, uh, I remember they posted a Reese Forb Hunter, the mm-hmm. orange with the like camo everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think they posted it for, if I'm correct, no more than $120. No more than $120. Wow. Um, and I remember I told Manny and I was just like, yo, like we have to head down there. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to order it because it was available online. Uh-huh. And Riff is literally like 10, 15 minutes for me. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to order it just to not get beat up. But obviously at that point, I probably would have got it, you know, cause it wasn't, the hype wasn't there that real. But that, I think that was the first shoe that I was just like, I have to have this. Like, just because at that point we were looking at, I would say the grail SBs were anywhere from like, the solid ones were like three, 350, but then the grails like pigeons were only like nine to a thousand at that point. Jeez. Which was crazy, a crazy time. Yeah. But so it was for me being, I think a ninth grader, a freshman in high school, $120 is a lot. So I was like, you know what? I, I had this money saved up. I was just like, let's fucking do it. So that was like, I think my first, like, I would say heat pair of shoes. And the mm-hmm. shoe that I literally was just like, all right, I have to have this shoe. These are the, the Reese 4 blows, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, orange. The yeah. The, the orange with the, like, the padding, the chenille padding inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just wanted to make sure before I read this little synopsis here uh, the for the listeners to get a little little bit more insight on the shoe. Uh, this Dunk Low Pro SB Reese Forbes from the Pink Box era sees Nike SB team rider Reese Forbes delivering a radical departure from his previous wheat and denim colorways, featuring a hunting inspired design. The low top sports a burlap upper and camo overlays and bright orange blaze on the swoosh and quilted nylon lining. Uh, zigzag stitching across the uppers adds to the rustic motif and it is a shoe I've always wanted, but I never, never been able to get a pair. So, so it's passed me by at that point now. Like, I think that like every single 13 I've ever seen, it has the, cause if you wear that shoe too much though, like that, that, like the, the inside of the toe box just starts opening up. Oh yeah. Always. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, nah, I'm, I guess this is it for me. Like I've never seen a clean pair of 13 or like in, in a, in a decent price. Cause I'm a, I'm a SB head, like from the jump. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Not 13 is tough. I know it. Trust me. I, <laughs> I mean, look, you brought up Riff LA, man. I don't, I was following Riff LA on early. Like that was like maybe like my first hundred follows on, on Instagram because wow. a, after being on NikeSB.org, I would like, like I was getting like recommended all these other shops and, and Riff LA popped up and, and I was like, I was like, this place is dope. I want to go to LA. I want to visit this spot. But I mean, it's not, it's not around anymore. Right. Oh, it's still there. Is it? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I, th- we, I, I thought it was gone. <laughs> no, we, we send people there every day and they send people back to us. Because we're less than a mile away from each other. And mm-hmm. we're in Chinatown during Little Tokyo. So it kind of makes sense. And obviously we used to work there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we sent the people a time. Cool shop. Uh, it's funny. One of my friends was just there. He said he was shooting their uh, their complex uh, Supreme like uh, interview that they just did. That just came out. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. But now they're still around good people, you know, all around. I just, uh, Jason just hit me up, which is the manager to save them. One of our new Spider-Man tees that drops tomorrow. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, I got a little, yo, help me get a Spider-Man tee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm from New York. So like for me, like, you know, the pinnacle of sneaker, sneaker culture or like like SB culture was definitely like, you know, uh, Tiffany's drop in uh, on Fairfax and like, you know, hanging around and uh, hearing about hanging out on the Fairfax avenues. But like, what was it? What was it for you? What, when when was it like once you once you got the Reese Forbes, like were you just entrenched in sneaker culture after that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was uh, then that's when I started getting into like, obviously, like Supreme, um, mm-hmm. DGK skateboard company, um, the hundreds diamond diamond was big for us just because of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, like Diamond had the store, Nick diamond was big on like, supporting the youth and the kids coming by. And at that point, obviously, I was still a kid. Um, and anytime we would come in there, great customer experience, you know, sometimes you buy something, he's just like, here you go, here's a free belt or something, you know, something. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So it wasn't like uh, we were camping out too crazy. It was just like, yo, if we had access to it, we'll take it. But if we don't, but I remember like countdown packs were coming out. So me and our homies were like splitting the packs. Um, what else? Um, what else came out that I, I like Beijing sixes, like all the Jordans that were coming out, like we couldn't get too many of them again because we didn't have all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. But we had to be picky with our releases. So yeah, I just kind of full dived in and, you know, it's an industry that just like, learn to appreciate and love just cool stuff was going on you know melrose was popping fairfax was popping you know it was it was a crazy time in la what what was like the rounds like did you have like a set of rounds that you would make all right so we grew up in the southeast of la and bell california and then huntington park maywood all the surrounding areas southeast la um we had homies from everywhere and all our our homies I would say if you were into the streetwear culture, sneaker culture, like Mm -hmm. there was only so little of us at that moment. Mm -hmm. So we all kind of knew each other. So we would meet up at a bus stop, um, take the bus to the blue line on Florence and pass homes, get the blue line, go to downtown. Then I think we would get one more train, get off on Wilshire. There's a Carl's Jr. there, Wilshire, Normandy. Take the bus. Jesus. (laughs) Take all the bus to Wilshire and Fairfax. And then when we would get off on Wilshire and Fairfax, we would just do that walk, which isn't a, it isn't isn't a small walk from Wilshire and Fairfax to essentially uh, Fairfax and like uh, Rosewood or where mm-hmm. everything's at. Um, so then we would do the whole Fairfax thing. Then we would dive into Melrose. And at that time, we would walk all the way to Tokidoki, which was that Japanese store because mm-hmm. we would like all the little characters and stuff like that. And trip out Tokidoki was next to round two when round two finally opened in 2015, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, Tokidoki was our last stop. So we all would go there with like $40 to, to our names. Mm-hmm. We would be able to get one shirt or one hat essentially. And yeah. then, and then anything from the dollar menu at like Carl's Jr. Jack and <laughs> McDonald's. And then we would go back home. It was a whole day thing. Cause you know, buses in LA tra- transit here sucks. Yeah. I, did, I took it once. I mean, I'll tell you, I was out there my first time in L.A., right? I was out there and I decided to take the bus to to the train to Long Beach. Yeah. And it was like the worst thing. I was like, oh, this is the worst experience ever, man. Oh, yeah. No, the, the transit system here and obviously Uber wasn't a thing. Um, we couldn't drive. Um, but yeah, th- that was the whole thing. Pick up something, meet cool people, see cool things. I remember like my one of the best, I would say coolest experiences. We walked into the old Daylife store mm-hmm. and the old Daylife store was so ahead of its time. It was like it was a strip 
and you couldn't touch anything. Everything was behind glass mm-hmm. and everything had a price and a size, but it was set up like a, like a museum. Mm-hmm. And you would go to the, to like the, I guess like where they would check you out and you would be like, Hey, I want this and a medium blah, blah, And they would tell you if it, they still had it. But we walked in and Nas was sitting on the bench and we're like, oh shit, fucking Nas. What? Yeah. That's crazy. What like did you even get to talk to him after that? What do you no, even see what he was like, talking I think I always had the whole like, I don't want, I don't want to bug them. So we yeah. just kind of looked at him. It was me and my friends, and we're just like, damn, that's fucking Nas. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Nas, Nas is iconic. I mean, he's the reason why I want the the Orchard Street dunks. Like those are those are my grails right there because of him. Uh but like, yeah, A Life. A life here instead of a life they had a Rivington club here. Yeah. So like, I mean, I don't. So I'm talking to you like you've never been to New York, but 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 over here, and it was the same thing. It was like everything behind glass doors. And I mean, I talked about it because I've I've had I had uh one of the designers uh on a life on here, and so like we were talking uh, talking about the time I went in there. It was like the last time I went in there, and I got yelled at by the by the the dude at the register. And because he was just like, you don't want that. You don't want that. And I was just like, no, I want that. And he would like not want to sell me a marker. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> just like a crank marker. He didn't want to yeah, sell it. Yeah, he didn't want to sell it to me. Um, but that, I mean, that's wild. Like, wh- like, did you ever do like campouts and stuff out there? Uh, we did a couple campouts for Diamond and then Black Friday sales. We would do them. Um, um, we did one at Crooks. We did one at Diamond. Um, Nick Diamond would always release very limited shirts. So everybody would always camp out at his mm-hmm. at Supreme. Sometimes we would early, very, very early on. I think the earliest you had to get there was like nine, 10 AM. You would go, I remember Kermit. Um, mm-hmm. That was one that I remember we walked in and they were all gone and we're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, Kate Moss too. The one with the, the, the picture with the cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't nothing crazy. You know, it was a couple hours. It wasn't as insane as it was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like when I would see kids do a whole week for Supreme regular items. I don't I don't even get that now. Like over here, I went there recently and I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I can just like walk in. And I, I uh, the one over here and I went over there and I see the line all the way down the block. And I'm like, what is going on? I thought like nobody messed with Supreme. Why is this line all the way down the block? I mean, it's wild. Like I I don't, I don't like, I cop Supreme online because it's very easy, but it's like, if I'm able to walk in, I don't want to spend the $15 just for a shirt, you know, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, When did you start reselling? Like when, when, when did you think like, okay, it was, I don't think it was to make money. It was just mm-hmm. always to get the new things because again, right. we, we didn't really have jobs, mm-hmm. especially during school. I had a job working with my uncles on, and like um, when we were off track, like not mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we were in school, we had to find ways to hustle to make money. So the way to, we were like, oh, we need to get the next item. So let me get rid of these and get the new thing. So we never really had a thing of collecting too much because obviously we didn't have the money for it. Mm-hmm. But we never... It was just more of getting the next thing. It's just like, I remember, for example, countdown packs. Countdown packs were a headache because they were every month. Right. But we were like, oh, fuck, I want the threes. Fuck, I got to sell this <laughs> threes. Oh, fuck, the, the last one, which was the 11s and the 12s. And like Christmas time, we we're like, fuck, now we got to get this one. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it was never to resell. I think the first item that I actually resold was, like resold and made bread was, up until Tyler started wearing camp hats mm-hmm. and camp hats became hot. Dude, I, I mean, you got to talk about that. Like, I don't know what I only seen what it was in New York about that. But like on Fairfax with Tyler, like right there. That was crazy. I remember when the, the most famous one I personally think myself is the the leopard, mm-hmm. the olive black with yeah. the leopard brim. I remember I walked in and I had one of my friends, Brian, with me lined up and I told him, like, yo, line up and I'll give you the hat if you line up and get it i think they told us like four per person uh-huh. i remember i got eight total so i kept my personal i gave brian his and then i went to riff and i think jeff if i'm correct gave me 150 dollars a hat jesus that's for maybe 38 dollars 40 bucks i don't know correct me if i'm wrong yeah but 34 i think they were yes. like 34 at that time something like that but yeah he gave me like 150 a pop and i was just like gone <laughs> i got mine for free my homie got his for free and i made a ton of bread mm-hmm. at that mo- moment and I remember, I think I purchased a pair of shoes and I was like, that. Uh, you talked about your first job. What was that? What was that first job? 
Uh, so my uncle, they had a company, uh, well, they still have a company. It's uh-huh. like a welding company, the weld metal. So it was a pretty brutal job. It was from 5 a.m. <laughs> to 5 p.m. And I was maybe 14, 15, 16, up until like my senior year that I would go during vacation. But I was getting paid well. I was getting paid 500 a week. Mm-hmm. 500 a week at that age, it was insane. Hey, absolutely insane. So, I, so during the, when I was not in school, I was lit because I was making money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going out or nothing, obviously not hanging out with my friends because I was just working. But then I would come to school and I would come with like a new wardrobe, blah, blah. But during school, it was, that's when it got hard because I would, I would literally spend all my money on gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was welding. It was being on top of rooftops, you know, putting shit together that I still don't even know how I did it at that age. Yeah, I was about to say 14. Yeah. I mean, that's that's straight up child labor at that yeah. point. But, but, but. Yeah, with my uncle, so it was like, I was like, yo, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean that's wild. Like uh, everybody on here is like, oh yeah, I mowed lawns. You're like the first person to be like, yeah, I was welding stuff on roofs. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, did you ever have any like other jobs, or was it like from there you were like, and from then you- there I started working. At, uh, I after right after high school, I uh, started working at Gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at Gap um, very shortly. Then I ended up getting a night shift job at this like medicine company in. Carson, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I was doing night shifts from 7 p.m. to 4 a.m. So I, I, I remember that's when I got into like reselling Supreme mm-hmm. was um, I would get off at 4 a.m., go home, take a nap. And then like around nine, I would wake up, hit up my homie Brian and be like, yo, let's go to Prime, line up with me and see if we can get some cool shit. Mm-hmm. So that's that was cool. And I was getting paid well. I think at that time I was getting paid like $18 an hour, mm-hmm. which this was 2010, 2011. Um, so I was getting paid. 18 an hour, which was way over the minimum wage. Yeah. And again, I was just, me, I was just being, spending it on gear. <laughs> uh, then after that, shout out to this job. This is one that's trippy. So after that, I had quit. What did I quit? I think I quit to um, essentially try to, I, I was actually going to become a sheriff. I, okay. wanted, I wanted to chase that, but that had never just panned out at all. Sheriff Chris. Yeah. Pull it up with the pull it up with the Supreme like bag. Yeah. And you're yeah. like license and registration. Oh uh, yeah. So it was just like it was just something that I kind of got pushed into when I did like a ton of the tests, but it was just it wasn't for me. It wasn't mm-hmm. something I wanted to do. So then after that, I think I took like a year off of not working. I was just spending hanging out with my friends, just literally hanging out with my friends, doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Playing basketball, eating, playing video games with them. Uh then I actually got a job through my homie Willie that actually works for me now trip mm-hmm. out. Um, he got me a job at Ann Taylor, which is a woman's department, essentially a department store. almost. Yeah. It's like a clothing line, mm-hmm. but shout out that job because it showed me how to like talk to people. It oh. showed me how to like, because most of the time we're dealing with girls, right. With either moms, uh, grandmas, or just girls, you know, just girls mm-hmm. in general. I was at the register. So my job was to help them, you know, find the purchase and also like, Before we jump back into the episode, I want to talk to you about Drops and Collect by Soul Savvy. With Drops and Collect, you are able to stay ahead of the game. Using Drops, you can enter raffles and set alerts for any and all restocks. It will help you never miss another release ever again. And after you cop some fresh kicks, use Collect to manage your collection. I'm also still in the process of adding my kicks to Collect. And it, I'm telling you, it takes some time. But what's really cool about Collect is that you can also make trades with no fees if you're a current member. But don't worry, if you aren't a member, you just have to pay a flat rate of $8. Now, how do you get to these apps? All you have to do is use the link in the description of this podcast or in the link tree for this podcast. Download these apps and grow your collection by helping the podcast. That's right, just use the links in the description and start expanding your collection today. I also convinced him to get a credit card with the mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. So it taught me how to like talk to them. It taught me the skill on how to like just be charismatic and stuff like that. Because if you could talk to a mom, you could talk to anybody, I would say. How, how successful were you on getting that credit card? All right. So <laughs> I, I was very successful at it that then I got hired at Rift, which mm-hmm. is a speaker store. So that was like my in into this world. Mm-hmm. The day that I, I I quit without telling them, I just stopped going. I just showed up. But it was that Sunday that we had a meeting at 5 a.m. 
had Ann Taylor. Mm-hmm. But I picked, essentially in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm picking Rip over you guys. I'm like, I'd rather do a sneaker shit. Than right. Uh, my homie Willie texted me like at six in the morning. He's just like, yo, you asshole, you didn't show up. They were, they were going to give you an award for how much you've been feeling it. Uh, and I didn't show up. And the rest, I mean, the rest is history. Okay. They didn't mail it to you? They were just like, no, nah, we're not good. I just, I just never showed up. I just never went back. That is crazy. You ghosted on the on the you ghosted the job when you were like uh, you were about to get an award. That is like that is amazing. <laughs> but damn, you were killing it in there. What what I mean, what was it like? The, like, how did that transition happen? Because like, were you just like, I right, you just cut it off? You were just like, I right, am so good. Right, here. It's already part of my life. Obviously, yeah. growing up in high school and stuff like that. And my friend Manny. um was already working at Riff, and one day he texted our group chat and he was like, Hey, I need help, like anybody down. So I went once, and this is before I quit. So I went once because I had the day off, and there, and then they asked me to come again, and then to come again, and come in. Luckily for me, all these days that I was coming in, I was off from my real job. So one day they were like, Hey, we want you to come in full time as an intern first. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Intern into sneakers or continue my job? And I was just like, uh, you know what? I'm going to sneakers about this. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it happened. I became an intern. Six months after that, I became store manager. And, yeah. Damn, man. Like, how, are you just like gifted at getting, getting to the next spot? Cause like, I just, uh, I just actually like what I do, you know? Like, I enjoy yeah. like, even, like that Ann Taylor job. I was just like, you know what? I'm here from, from A to B. Um, I can't complain. You know, I know, I know I have a couple hours before I get out. And I think that's my mentality, like with anything. Like, they even, even with syndicate, sometimes I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm here till seven or eight, nine, whatever, how long it is. But, you know, the day will end. Even if I'm having a good or bad day, you know, they, the day went. So I, at Riff, I remember I would just go in there and kill it. And luckily for me, you know, I had a, I, I would say a lot of the people that were there didn't have like real life job experience. Mm-hmm. But me having that real life job experience carried over into this essentially new industry at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I was just knew how to talk to people. Um, I knew how to like convince people to like do certain things like, Hey, consign this for this much, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think just like having real, real life experience, even all the way down to my uncle's job, you know, like where I was welding shit. Yeah. At age, so this job standing here selling shoes is, it's nothing, you know? Uh-huh. You'd be like, you're just like thinking back to being on that roof. And you're like, I don't have to be in the sun. <laughs> you know like yeah. i mean i've never worked at a sneaker store but you know obviously i dealt, dealt with a lot of you know cu- like customer service customer service at different spots and you know it, it's that like that the you already see that's the thing right you know I, I think a lot of people think about it as like oh they already know what they want you don't really have to put in the extra work to be like oh pay pay this much for it because a lot of people that are going to buy sneakers are just already like yeah i'm going i'm coming here for travis's like i have the money i saved it up like you don't got to tell me oh do i need like yeah i mean nah. you know like but like they're already they're on a mission exactly so like what was your approach to it because i think like working at like especially like this is your your first like you know sneaker job also right and it's not a foot locker you're not like these are the set prices you know like what what was that like well see the thing with riff most of it was consignment mm-hmm. but we really couldn't give discounts mm-hmm. just because the shoes didn't belong to us so i mean the biggest the number one excuse which wasn't even an excuse was like hey these shoes don't belong to us you know if I give you a discount, I don't make my 15% cut because Riff at that point had the best uh, margin because it was 85-15. Everybody mm-hmm. else was 80-20. So wow. it was really hard to give discounts on certain things, but Riff was really good at putting out steals. So mm-hmm. we would do buybacks at that time, but we didn't we didn't buy too much because we relied on consignment, mm-hmm. but the buybacks were really good because it was able to give us good prices. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, I never really understood that because like I never understood the pro like the profit margins around consignment because, you know, I, I mean, I grew up going to f- a flight club like almost every day and just looking at rare kicks, you know, so like I see that a lot of like I'm picking up the same shoe for like six months. Right. Mm-hmm. How, do, how does this store even make money off of this, you know? Um, so for example, one thing that we were really good at there is we were good at recycling, not recycling, but like if somebody else came in with a better price, we would move like, let's say, for example, let's just say right now, mm-hmm. what, what just came out, uh, Travis olives. Yeah. 
let's say let's just hypothetically say that you put one at a thousand dollars you put one in a thousand dollars and then somebody comes in and says like yeah i want to put mine for 850 Mm-hmm. So we would always put the 850 first because like, yo, this is the cheaper one. Let's give the customer the better price, obviously. So that, but then our thing, our, then sometimes we would take it off the website. So it was really hard because then a customer, you would call and be like, hey, I did my, did my shoe sell. Um, can I, uh, can I pick up a check? And we're like, no, it didn't sell. Somebody beat your price mm-hmm. and we have one at 850. Would you like to match that or come down? Some people would literally be like, no, I'm going to just keep it there. Some people would be like, yeah, put it down. So then we would fix it. But it was, I mean, luckily for us, I really, we had a phone that we would hardly answer. But when we would, it was mostly people being like, yo, what happened to my shoes? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, most of, uh, again, we were very transparent with everything and just be like, yo. But yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, shoes would sit and the market would change. It wasn't changing too crazy because there was no StockX or no Goat mm-hmm. or nothing like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just all about staying on top of things. And I think that's just with anything you do, even now to buy, sell, trade, the whole w- different way of the industry. It's like, you still have to stay on top of things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the whole business side of sneakers, like after aftermarket business side, it's totally just like, I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around. Like, and I'm also just like one of those dudes, like every time I buy a shoe, like, I can't buy a sneaker to sell it. I can only just buy it to keep it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. That's that, that. That means you're a fan of the whole <laughs> industry, you know? Like, yeah. I um. I mean, yeah. It's it, it's always been hard. Like, unless I don't like a shoe, like the last pair I bought that I immediately was just like, this is not for me. Was the do you remember the the LeBron ninety fives? The LeBron yeah, MX95s, <laughs> they were mismatched. I I got them. I won them on sneakers, and I opened the box. I was like, Mm-mm. and I just closed it. I put it. I put it on goat like immediately after. <laughs> terrible, bro. So terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, as you're like a store manager and stuff like that, when was the when was your decision to be like, all right, man? You know, I think it's time. Well, that didn't happen till fuck like two years ago. Right, because obviously riff happened then round two and then obviously syndicate um syndicate was by accident i would say it was almost like a thing of like it was one of my homegirls that kind of like put the battery on my back she just always told me like oh you're always gonna have the itch of mm-hmm. what if i could what what would happen if i would do it on my own because i wasn't i didn't want to open a store in reality mm-hmm. in reality i already had like a set job good salary and i still had another job part-time job um at district one just being their main buyer at that moment so it was wow, wait so you're at round two and also side no, no, no. so i worked at round two then yeah. i quit round two and then i got a consulting job that gave me a pretty good salary hmm. um and then but i that that job wasn't uh very hard at all so i had a lot of extra time so then danny and simon which are the owners of district one reached out mm-hmm. to me and i was supposed to come back to round two which is the funny thing mm-hmm. to be a buyer a part-time buyer essentially mm-hmm. but then that it was a nighttime call. Danny called me. He was just like, yo, like instead of going back to round two, would you mind coming to work for us? And I was like, all right, done. cool. I'll do it. So I started the next Monday. And so I was just, you know, I was in, in, in New York enjoying my life. You know, I was literally my only job was to buy. So I had no worries. I didn't care. They didn't, I didn't look at numbers. I didn't do anything. I just had money to spend and that's it. 12 to seven at the buying counter. I'm done. Very easy. <laughs> Uh, and then that's obviously wild. I was- yeah yeah i seen that dude because i went to a district one like a couple months ago uh i don't know if you follow frozen on uh frozen on uh on tiktok he's like the big sb guy um and uh, he he took me there recently uh-huh. and i went there and i saw the dude that's in all the, the district one videos now he's there just buying sneakers and, oh yeah uh, fucking uh, john yeah, yeah yeah and and so um it was just like weird like it was just wild like People, people were there. It felt like a different crowd. It didn't feel like a bunch of tourists just looking at sneakers. It was like, it felt more of like, oh, we, we here to buy sneakers. Like, you know, like these guys give steals. Like we're here to like, I would say they're probably the best store in New York city right now. (laughs) For sure. For sure. I mean that, that like, that was like a different side of consignment that I've ever, or different side of reselling that I've ever seen. Um, and, and I mean, shout out to them. Uh, hopefully I get somebody on there on here too, but it was just like, it was like different. It was, it was more of like a world 
awakening because I thought it was I feel like we I feel like resell gets such like I mean this has been had such a big bad rap about it yeah. you know and and we're always talking about like I mean there's tons of content creators talking about how you know uh, resellers are not for the culture they've never been fans of sneakers like you know they're only in it for the money and you know like stores like yours and and district one have like changed that and turn and like in, in that it, it, to me at least you know oh snap <laughs> gotta face that all right no yeah um i just think at the end of the day like we're all just big fans of it mm-hmm. like i said it's for me it's just if syndicate continues doing what we're doing right now i don't even like to everybody's just like oh you guys are gonna blow up one day and i'm just like bro as long as it's consistent People are getting shoes. People are happy. We're getting product in. That's all that matters to me. You know, I don't really, I'm just, at the end of the day, I work in my closet. That's the way I say it. Yeah. I mean, it's a dope closet is what I'm going to say. But yeah, you were talking about, you know, consulting and, and uh, district one. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was doing that. And then my homegirl um, literally was just like, Hey, like, uh, cause Danny was already in my ear, which is my business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, he was already in my ear about like opening a store and I was just kind of like, ah, no, you know, I, I'm really enjoying my life right now. You know, like, I don't know if I want to make a drastic change right now. And then she was, we were always, we would always go to dinner and stuff and she would just be like, Hey, you know, you're just so, cause I would tell her, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm letting somebody down by telling them no, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she was just like, hey, you know, you're, you're just always going to have that itch of like, what if, like, what if? And I was just like, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was just, we decided to open a store. That, I mean, did you, were, did that pot, did that spot call you? Or was it just like, this is like, you found, like, did you tour a bunch of spots? Or was it just like the spot yeah, we, you had in mind? At first, we checked out the arts district, which is not too far from us. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have a plumbing so we had to put in our own toilet which is annoying so i was just like all right now this is off and then we found chinatown and chinatown we got like a really good price and it had a lot of space obviously now we need way more space where we're yeah. but um it just worked out perfectly um we installed the gates and all that stuff we're essentially doing everything from scratch like designing the case designing the counter um getting one of our good friends to do the walls, you know, putting, finding out what frames we're going to put up, you know, it was, it was cool. Cause it was a blank canvas that we had. And then, you know, now it's still growing to this day. No. Yeah. I mean, what, what made you guys be like, you know, we should also have a social media presence beyond just like, we're, we're selling, you know? Uh, so pandemic happened. And I remember I offered uh round two. I'm like, Hey, New- us, uh, we're right here in New York city, our staff. I'm like, we have a lot of young kids. Mm-hmm great you know like um kelly kobe i mean everybody you know like they were young they were energetic tiktok was just coming in mm-hmm. and I, I told them i'm like hey like tiktok bro like tiktok like we gotta do tiktok because i already remembered that people were such fans of the round two show but yeah that, that had ended so i was just like we still have to find a way to get our presence out mm-hmm. um they were just like no we we send them a couple that we did and they were just like no i don't know it's not our thing blah 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 and i'm like you know what you're my boss. So if you tell me no, no, pretty simple. Uh, so when syndicate happened, um, I pretty much was like, all right, cool. We got to do YouTube. We got to do TikTok. We got to do reels. You know, we got to do everything, you know, like you have to put an effort. You have to have fun with it. Um, and you have to make people feel involved because like for you now, like, let's say you're watching the YouTube, you're watching the TikToks. Now, when you come out to LA, and you come to syndicate, you're going to be like, Oh, I know you, I see you, I see you. And our goal is to whatever we're putting out when you come to continue putting that out where the last thing I want to hear is if you come in, you're like, Oh, they're so different from fucking the internet to real life. But luckily we haven't had that problem Mm -hmm. because we're just literally regular. Like I remember some girl came in and she was just like a big fan. And and she was just like, Hey, like you guys are exactly the same. And I was just like, yeah. Like, what do you expect? You know, like you get to show, you know, like, but yeah, no, I mean, I think TikTok, uh, reels social media and everything is such an important thing um and it just kind of allows us to show people what we're about and kind of like you know like give people like a a tour of the store what's going on in the store people always want to feel involved and people always want to feel of a community and if they can feel part of something that's all that's like that means the world to me you know yeah uh i mean that's absolutely facts i think 
that a lot of the, I mean, ever since the round two show, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of other stores follow that same logic. Like they just took that template and just put it onto their store uh, for their videos, you know? And I feel like, you know, you guys, you guys make it more personal. Like, um, I mean, the push up, the push up joint. That's the, that's the one I think about off the off the bat. Where you had you had you was trying to do the push. It was like whoever can do the most push ups gets this. I forgot what shoe it was. Um, we always do it. It's called Cindy Fit. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think with Syndicate, it's just a. I think it's just a open book about my life. You know, that's how I like to put it. So anything you go in there resembles something. You know, it's sh- a shirt would make like I have a story of like yo, I remember this is why I made this shirt. Blah blah blah. With Cindy Fit, I've always been been like huge on fitness and taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. That's always like a big thing for me. And it's it's not about like, you know, getting cut up or lifting the most weight. It's just, you know, like I feel like a morning run is like coffee for me. It's just like I feel better when I wake up and feel sweat or whatever, so, you know. Um, so I was just like, you know what? We're going to do this whole thing. We're going to give away free shoes for pushups, you know. And then again, it's shout out to the community. Some so people like let's say you come in with nine shoes, with 10 shoes. We take nine out of the 10 the 10 is maybe a beater or maybe something like a panda dunk or something small. And you're like, you know what? You did well on the cash out. Here you go. Give these away for pushups. So like most of the time it's not us taking L some of the time it is. And it's just more like for marketing, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's the community blessing the community. And again, it's just like, we're, we're over here taking all the credit, but in reality, it's just a giant green circle of like just movement. Mm -hmm. Well, what made you want to just keep building a community around the store and around you? Uh, just having more friends. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm always alone. So having people around to socialize, um, at all times, I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. And then also I always tell people, I'm like, I feel like syndicate is like the underdog store right now. So, you know, kids that sometimes if you don't feel accepted at certain stores or at certain places, like, you know, you come in a syndicate and, you know, like almost like they there's like literally like high school kids that come in there and I'm there talking to them. I'm like about what I'm going to release and what I'm going to do and blah, blah, blah. And you could see it in their face that they're all hyped up and they feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's important because again, me growing up, sometimes I would go to Fairfax to certain stores and I would feel unwelcomed. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you know the stories of yeah. Supreme back in the day, like I've yeah, heard but, nothing but craziness in there. And that's why, uh, that's why diamond was so big for us. And even the hundreds, um, diamond and the hundreds, but especially diamond, mm-hmm. they would always, you know, Hey, what's up guys. Let us know if you need anything, blah, blah, blah. You know, just like, you got to think about it. Most of the people that go to these stores put on an outfit to be noticed at these stores. Mm-hmm. So imagine going to the stores and you're wearing the coolest kicks in the world and nobody cares. And again, that's like, I would say some people would be like, Oh, it's a stupid mentality, but you know, like you really are a part of something. You you feel a part of something. So you want to be seen. You you people want to be seen. Yeah. You you buy these things because you're not like naturally into them, but you're like, yo, like this is special to me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people at the store, I'm like, yo, compliment the people's shoes. If you like them, you know, don't, don't lie to them. But like, (laughs) But just be like, you know, nice kicks. Because that, uh-huh. you know, that that might make that guy have a bad day. Boom. Ego boost. He's going to have the best day of his life, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, that, that is it, nothing beats like being stopped on the street for your kicks or like even just like a shirt. Because like there was one, the, the other day, it was like the other day I was wearing a Supreme shirt and, and dude was like, yo, man, nice shirt. And I was just like, yo, thank you. Man. Like that, 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 that appreciation goes you know, back and forth and, and it creates a, just like a, just like a bonding, like a, a short bonding moment. I'm not telling you like, Oh, this guy's going to like, this person's going to be the best man at your wedding. But like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, no. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, type yeah. deal. No, I remember uh, leaving two days ago when I want to go pick up the, the Spider-Man tees from our uh, company that we do it through. Um, I, I put one on and I was putting gas and random guy was just like, yo, I love your tea, bro. Blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm like, all right, cool. This tea's going to be a good tea, you know, because like this random guy at a gas station that doesn't look like he's into shoes, mm-hmm. like my shirt, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to see a picture of that shirt. Uh, <laughs> what I'm very curious because, you know, you talked about your your roadmap to where you are now. But like, where did you get this like this? Uh, where did you get your your idea of hustle? Like, because I feel like you've just been hustling even with the break. Um, I think it's just always, you know, wanting to do fun shit. You know, I travel a lot. 
I like having cool clothes. I like having cool shoes. Um, I like having a good time, most importantly. Um, so I just always feel like, oh, like how I said, like, how can I do this for way cheaper? Like, mm -hmm. how can I get this for free, essentially? Or how can I hustle? So it's always that hustle mentality of like, how can I go to, I just recently went to Barcelona. I'm like, yo, what can I sell to make this trip free where I don't spend my hard-earned money on this trip? So it's just always like, having them and it's just a hustler mentality where you're just like oh i want something i want new kicks all these shoes are coming out blah 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 like it's always just i think i'm just a fan of this like industry and i'm just a, like a junkie and nerd about it like i'm like oh, i want to know why they did this i want to know why this is placed here i want like even with movies or even fitness or anything like i i'm mm -hmm. i'm a nerd about if i'm into something i'm a nerd i'm not just like writing waves or like oh shit this is cool right now let me get on it it's just mm -hmm. like no it's just like I'll fuck with it if I fuck with it. And if I don't, you know, I don't, but if I fuck with it, I'm going to learn like, okay, this is why this is here. This is here. Like I hate hearing people be like, yo, like, can you tell me about something about this shoe? And they're like, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I didn't even know these shoes existed. You know, like, I'm just yeah. like, but you're wearing sneakers, you know, like that's such a, it's such a bad look, you know, I would say, but again, it just shows you who's into it for capitalization on streetwear culture mm -hmm. or who's into it because they actually love it, you know? Yeah, the, the when you see somebody's passionate about something, you know, like it, it brings you more into wanting to know more about it. And I always think, you know, I like doing this podcast and stuff. I've never been like, oh, I know this. I'm always always been like, oh, tell me more because, it, you know, knowledge is power. Knowledge is key. And, and when you're into something like and passionate like sneakers or streetwear and stuff like that like when somebody tells me something new i'm always like wow like i'd rather be wow than being like not an interest like interested or or like like over it because then i mean i said this on like twitter before but like the if, if somebody tells you you know like if somebody's able to change your mind on something that you're that you think you're passionate about then maybe you weren't passionate about it in the first place and that's i mean <laughs> Yeah. And, and and that's OK to admit as well. Like, it's fine. Like people fall out of love with a lot of stuff, but like don't force yourself to fall back in love with it. It's, if it's over, it's over. No. Yeah, exactly. Trends come and go. Um, yeah. Stuff comes and go. But obviously there's always nostalgia. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people, I'm like, at the end, I'm still a student of the game. You know, I own my own store, but I still got a lot to learn, you know. Like, uh, I I've have grails, blah, 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 but I'm still a student, you know, like we recently did our podcast with, um, Croatian style, mm -hmm. and, you know, this guy's a legend in the game, you know, legend. Like, yeah. Like, and from him to do that with us and show that we're essentially competitors at project blitz and syndicate, but mm -hmm. that we know that we fuck with each other. It's just like, that just shows you that, you know, again, we, we have a love for this, for everything we do, you know, like we have a mutual respect and we love what we do. I mean, Dre's been doing it for like fuck almost 30 years, you know? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I mean, shoot, he was on the forums putting stuff up and I was like, like following him from, from there to now. Like, it's just crazy. Like it just hearing that name again. I mean, it's like, you made me bring, made, made me think about B5353. I don't know if you remember B5353, but he, he's a, uh, he's one of the old, like he was the one of the dudes that used to leak all the SBs, but like the, the rare stuff, like he's the one that I think he was one of the first couple people that leaked the Freddy Cougars, but he was, he had the, he had a pair of personal pair of the Iron Maiden SBs. And I was like in love with those joints from the jump from there. That's a, that's a, that's a grill right there. <laughs> that's a grill. Like, it's like, I think that that's a sample, right? That never, they yeah, never made a ton of, no, no. are you sample size? No, I'm a 10 and a half. You better cut off some toes to get in there, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I, I, it's funny. I had a Freddy Krueger. I had a size 10 actually. Mm -hmm. And I sold it at the opening of the Chicago store of round two. And I sold mm -hmm. it broke as for $4,000. Wow. Yeah. But again, that they hadn't jumped yet. That was yeah. market. But now, like, I could have easily got like twenty bands now. No, yeah, I mean, uh, the homie of the pod, uh, Sacred Mortal, he has like four pairs of them things, and he's just like that. That kid in two, in like, I think he said in, it's either four years or two years. I think it's like four years or two years. He jumped and has like all this rare stuff like immediately. You know, like it's just yeah, wild. Just, it's just being ahead of the curve. No yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that kid, that kid is uh, definitely ahead of the curve. He's I don't even know how he's able to get that. The, he got the eBay dunks in the in the eBay special box. The case. Yeah. 
That's a crazy shoe, you know? Yeah. And he also has signed Tinker Hatfield, uh, signed Tinker Hatfield um, mags, like in the in the case with the lights right. and stuff. It, it's madness. Madness. Like, I don't I don't know how people get to that that status. Um, but shoot, man. I mean, listen, we're, we're going towards the end of the podcast. I also I also have an ending question for you. You know, I want you to just. Think about that time you were about to cop the Reese Forbes, right? And now you have the box in your hand as, as your younger self has the box in his, in, your, in his hands. And you're in a time machine. You go all the way back in time. You stand up. You end up, you're you now behind yourself opening that box. What would you tell your younger self as and you open that box? <laughs> you said nothing's going to change? Nothing's going to change with whatever advice I tell myself. Yeah, nothing's going to change. You just talk as yourself. Just keep doing you. <laughs> literally there's nothing there's, like I, I always tell us i have a lot of uh younger peers that always ask me for advice mm-hmm. i always tell them the same thing i'm like bro do what you want you know make that mistake you know especially if you're young i think you're okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. you trial and error you know you never know syndicate i feel like syndicate is not the end for me i feel like there's still more to evolve more things for me to do um maybe take a further step i, I don't know what that is yet but i still know that um, I always tell people, I'm like, yo, just, you know, whatever you want to do, put your head into it, you know, get passionate about something. Um, don't, don't think like, oh, what is this person going to think of me? You know, just, if you're passionate about something, just go for it. And even if it is a mistake, who cares, you know, just fucking do it. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I tell people. I'm just like, I feel like everything I have done, is just me kind of like stumbling into it and, you know, it's worked out okay for me. Um, I have turned down some things where I'm just like, fuck, like I fucked up on this or like, I've done it. Like I should have done this, you know, but again, you live and you learn. And I still think like, even me, I'm 31 now. I feel like I'm still very young and I still don't feel like, all right, cool. Like I still feel like everything is a stepping stone to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I always just tell, if I would tell my, my younger self, it's just like, yo, if you're going to make a mistake, fucking do it now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, perfectly said. I mean, Chris, you, you definitely put I'm, I'm sure anybody listening is definitely going to get fired up and do something because of that, because like, you know, you you your hustle is and your passion is just you're pushing right through this podcast. Like I felt, I felt it from the beginning to end, man. It was great time. Great having you on. Yeah. Anytime, bro. Anytime. And then anybody wants to hit me up, advise, you know, just talk. Hit me up. My Instagram is at the start of the pod. Hit me up. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And for everybody that for everybody out there, you know what we say each week, wear your kicks. Peace. Peace. How going?